Introducing the new way to play Daily Fantasy with Jack Market. Jack Market is where Daily Fantasy Sports becomes a stock exchange. Buy and sell shares of players with other users in real time. Make money every hour, every minute, every second of every game. Daily contests are live for the NBA, PGA, and the NFL. Take control of your fantasy sports experience and download Jack Market now in the App Store. Android coming soon. Discussing injury news for Thursday Night Football and a potential permanent change in Los Angeles on this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. Hello everyone, welcome into Fantasy Football in 15. It is Thursday, September 24th, week 3. Kicks off tonight with the Jacksonville Jaguars and Miami Dolphins getting together. This could actually be a pretty fun fantasy game, so that's a great way to start the week. I am Michael Beller. I am joined by Derek Van Riper. DVR, how you going? You got any uh, any vested interest in tonight's game? Not really. <laughs> it's kind of nice to just have a game that you can check in and out of accordingly and uh, follow just for the sake of enjoying a game and not have to sweat it too much, which naturally means I will build some sort of single-game DFS lineup <laughs> of course, just to have something going on. Got to have something going on, right? This is uh, the modern day. We can't just sit and watch a game and not have some sort of vested interest in it. You got to have something going on. I actually do have a vested interest in it, and that's where I want to start this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. On one of the two teams I care about most, I have DJ Chark. On the other, a Superflex League. Actually, they're both Superflex, but for the sake of our conversation, this one being Superflex is actually important. I have Josh Allen as my QB1. My QB2, depending on matchup, is always either Joe Burrow or Gardner Minshew. And we have some news on DJ Chark that obviously affects the receiver and could also affect Gardner Minshew. DJ Chark dealing with a chest and back injury. Did not practice on Wednesday, officially officially questionable for tonight's game against the Dolphins. If Chark doesn't play DVR, how do you look at Gardner Minshew, and do you bump any of these Jaguars receivers up to a spot that would make them fantasy viable? Yeah, it would definitely hurt Minshew a little bit just because that section of quarterback rankings is so tightly clustered together on a week-to-week basis. That was the case back during draft season as well, and I think DJ Chark is the clear-cut number one receiver in Jacksonville. There's nobody who's on his level right now. Maybe eventually, you know, LaVisca Chenault could make it a 1A, 1B sort of thing. But the thing I'm worried most about, I think Chark's targets probably get spread out pretty evenly Mm -hmm. among the other pass catchers. I'm not sure if there's anyone who gets a big enough boost where it completely changes my outlook for any one individual player. I think it's just kind of a, a slight nudge up for each of those options I mentioned and and perhaps Tyler Eifert as well. Yeah, I'll say this. Um, I have Gardner Minshew in my starting lineup in that league where I will start either him or Joe Burrow. And if DJ Chark ends up not going in this game, I'm going to make the change and I'm going to put Joe Burrow in there. I think that's enough of a difference. Losing your clear, obvious number one receiver is enough of a difference for me to slot Minshew behind uh, Joe Burrow. So I do think losing Chark would knock Minshew down just a few slots in my rankings. I wouldn't be pushing him behind, say, you know, Mitch Trubisky to pull someone out of thin air. But I do think if you have someone who's close to Minshew, no DJ Chark definitely could be a tiebreaker. And of course, we'll have that news before kickoff here. So fingers crossed that DJ Chark is able to go. On the other side of that game, no injury designation for Devontae Parker. He's been dealing with the hamstring issue for the last couple of weeks, but not even listed as anything. He was able to practice in full 
full on Wednesday, so you will have him available if he is on your fantasy team. We have a bunch of wide receivers to talk about here. It's no practice Wednesday, right? That's just sort of how the NFL works these days. If you have even the minorest of injuries, and I don't think minorest is a word, but if you have the most minor <laughs> of injuries, you're probably not going to practice Wednesday. That is true for Julio Jones, who has a hamstring injury. Juju Smith-Schuster with a knee. Deontay Johnson, his teammate, with a toe. A.J. Brown missed last week's game. He also did not practice on Wednesday because of that knee injury. Christian Kirk with a groin injury did not practice on Wednesday. Kenny Galladay, good news on him. We know he's going to play this week, but still good to see him get a limited run in at practice on Wednesday. Would expect to see his practice participation pick up today and on Friday as he gets ready for his 2020 debut Detroit in Arizona to take on the Cardinals on Sunday. Devontae Adams was limited in practice on Wednesday. He suffered the hamstring injury in the uh, Packers win over the Lions in week two. We talked about this a little bit. It didn't seem too serious, but even your least significant hamstring injuries can be something that costs someone a week or two weeks. So we'll keep an eye on Devontae Adams. Would love to see him get in at least a, a, a little bit more practice on Thursday. And on Friday, if he doesn't play, does that change at all your calculation on Aaron Rodgers, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and or Alan Lazard? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, the Packers offense had to play a handful of games last year without Devontae Adams. And unfortunately, this group of pass catchers looked pretty similar. I think the question is, how much are you buying into the development from Marquez Valdez-Scantling? How much are you buying into six-plus targets each of the first two games and the fact that he seems to have earned Aaron Rodgers' trust because he's able to stretch the field. He's able to bring that big play element this team was really missing, especially without Adams for a stretch last season. I think they'd get Aaron Jones involved in the passing game. Again, he's been heavily involved so far this year. That would continue. You'd see slight bumps for MVS and for Lazard, and you probably see a little bit more for both tight ends, Robert Tanyan and Jay Sternberger, could be more involved as well. So I think what it would do is it would take a guy like Valdez Scantling, who's probably a wide receiver three, and bump him up closer to where you'd have your wide receivers, wide receiver twos ranked. Lazard might go from a fringe flex consideration to a more solid flex consideration if Adams doesn't go. But I think mm-hmm. a limited practice on Wednesday bodes very well for his chances of being out there. So at this point, I'm not too worried about it. Same here, same here. There could be one slight complicating factor, and that is the fact that This is the Sunday night game, the Packers and Saints getting together on Sunday night. So there's a slight chance, I suppose, that we won't have any concrete information on Adams' playing status uh, when you are setting your lineups. Hopefully it doesn't come to that, and hopefully he is able to go, right? Uh, We're already almost certainly going to be without Michael Thomas in this game. Don't want to see both teams' wide receiver ones out for this one. So keep an eye on Devontae Adams and his practice participation over the next couple of days here. George Kittle dealing with the knee injury that cost him week two. He is uh, limited in practice on Wednesday. We know that Nick Mullins is likely to get the start for the 49ers on Sunday. Jimmy Garoppolo dealing with an ankle injury that could have him out not just this game, but a game or two beyond that as well. This is a great matchup for the 49ers on paper going up against the Giants defense, but what can we make of this uh, offense, DVR, if they're going to be without their starting quarterback, potentially without George Kittle, Debo Samuel, he's not coming back, Raheem Mostert, he's out for this game, could be down their starting quarterback, running back, wide receiver one, and tight end in this game. That is not what they planned on having happen in week three. Well, the line moved two and a half points from where it opened, only dropped a half point in terms of the total over-under, so it was expected to be a lower-scoring game anyway relative to this slate. I think Vegas buys San Francisco's offense being good enough, even with all of those potential absences, to still control this game on the ground especially. I think if Kittle were to play, 
he's fine. You obviously would play him if he's active, right? I mean, even if you think he's going to be on some sort of limited snap count, unless they come out and say he's going to play half the snaps or less, I think you'd go ahead and use him like you normally would. So for me, they're not going to put him out there if they're afraid he's at a high risk for a re-injury. That's kind of the driving factor in my confidence there. And Mullins has enough experience where I, I think he can keep this offense afloat because they're really run first and so good in that facet of the game. I think they can go out there and, and put up 20, maybe even 23 points against this weak Giants defense and potentially play good enough defense to come away with yet another win. Yeah, the scheduling overlords were definitely on the 49ers side, whether they knew it or not when they set things up. This team gets uh, its best player hurt for week two, George Kittle. Eh, well, whatever, they're playing the Jets. Then their quarterback, their running back go down. Eh, whatever, they're playing the Giants, and those guys will be back not too long after that. 49ers still definitely deserve to be comfortable favorites going into New York to take on the Giants this week. Uh, as we know, football season is upon us. We are deep into the season now, right? Week three qualifies as deep for sure, and Manscaped, our partners, are here to make sure that we don't gamble on shaving the same way that we like to gamble on football. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of the ceramic blade and skin-safe technology, your nicks and snags will be reduced. The Lawnmower 3.0 is also waterproof, and it's got an LED light on it, so you can see just what you are doing. Get 20% off and free shipping when you go to manscaped.com slash theathletic. That's 20% off with free shipping when you go to manscaped.com slash theathletic. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we brush it off or blame ourselves or just give a lame excuse to get out of the conversation. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about with the real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan, and if medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and totally discreet. Go to GetRoman.com football15 today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com football15. GetRoman.com football15. All right, Derek, let's move on out to Denver. We've got a couple of injuries to talk about there. Jerry Judy dealing with a ribcage injury. He was limited in practice on Wednesday at this point, not looking like anything that is going to jeopardize his availability on Sunday. Of course, we know Drew Locke is not going to be out there for the Broncos after his shoulder injury from a week ago. But a little bit of a silver lining for the Broncos. The team is not going to be putting him on IR, or at least they say they are not yet. So that gives an indication that they do think that he's going to be closer to that three-week end of the timetable rather than the five-week end of the timetable. Jeff Driscoll takes over as the starter, and they just signed Blake Bortles to be the backup. But hopefully this means we're seeing Drew Locke, what, somewhere around week five or six rather than week seven, eight, nine. So definitely a silver lining for the Broncos and that offense. Uh, on the other side of the equation, Jalen Rager, this one coming out of nowhere on Wednesday, has a torn UCL in his thumb. He is headed for IR. Eagles are already saying that they hope to get him back in week nine. And this was someone who I think a lot of people were excited about being a potential breakout with all the openness on that wide receiver depth chart. The opportunity was going to be there for him, but now it's looking at a return in the second half of the season. So Deshaun Jackson, Nice matchup against the Cincinnati Bengals team that was absolutely victimized by the Browns last week on Thursday Night Football. Is he looking like someone you'd be comfortable having in your starting lineups in Week 3? Absolutely. We're talking about a guy that's been targeted 16 times in the first two games, so he's right there in terms of target share with Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz. They can support one receiver and two tight ends. They've got Miles Sanders back and healthy. I think that's actually maybe a skinnier tree than we once thought as injuries continue to pluck away depth from the Eagles. 
Yeah, it definitely is looking like it in Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz. We know what sort of role those guys are going to play in the offense, but uh, you got to get something deep down the field, right? You have to get something going, especially if you are an Eagles offense that has really struggled to get anything going this season. So I would expect to see Carson Wentz taking some shots, and he's taking those shots. He took them with Rieger. He's taking them with Deshaun Jackson. They're just not connecting, but you got to think that sooner or later they are going to start connecting. So Deshaun Jackson definitely looking like a nice bet against that Cincinnati secondary. That definitely is not anything to write home about. Meanwhile, Jack Doyle has ankle and knee issues. He did not practice on Wednesday. He also didn't play in week two, and we saw Mo Ali Cox come through with a huge game for the Colts. Five catches, 111 yards. DVR for me, he is definitely on the stream radar if Doyle has to sit again. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if he's viable if Doyle plays. I don't know if that offense necessarily sustains both tight ends week in and week out, but he was very impressive stepping in for Doyle in week two. Can always trust a basketball player to get it done, right? Love those. Uh, yeah, I love basketball players playing tight end. It's awesome, right? It always seems you always seem to find something with uh, you. Uh, of course, Tony Gonzalez, the big success story, Antonio Gates, just uh, that body type and that uh, that mentality translates well to the football field. Mo Ali Cox, the latest example of that. A few more injuries to fly through here. Jamison Crowder didn't practice on Wednesday with the hamstring injury that kept him out for Week Two. Rashad Perriman expected to be out until week five. This Jets offense, it's looking like another ugly week ahead for this team. Zach Moss didn't practice on Wednesday. He has a toe injury. Same goes for Philip Lindsay. Still would seem to be a bit of a long shot this week, but have to imagine that uh, with a typical recovery from turf toe, we're going to see him before too much longer here. Uh, to fully update you on Tevin Coleman, we've been talking about his knee injury the last couple of days. We now have a timetable. He is going to IR. Team expects him to be out for about four weeks. So uh, even when Raheem Mostert comes back, we would expect Jarek McKinnon to have a role that at least keeps him on the fantasy radar. And finally, let's talk one more time about Justin Herbert this week. He is going to start again in week three. Tyrod Taylor in probably the most bizarre injury that we've seen in a long time. We got the word on Wednesday that the chest issue that he was dealing with came from a failed injection that punctured his lung. So Definitely hope Tyrod can get back, get healthy, and be okay and be able to play later this season. But for the time being, it is going to be Justin Herbert starting for the Chargers. Uh, that seems like arrow up for Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen to me, arrow down for Mike Williams. Yeah, I mean, that Tyrod Taylor situation, people are, are making a lot of Dr. Nick jokes on Twitter, mm -hmm. and, and rightfully so. Hopefully he's okay because at this point, if Justin Herbert comes in and plays well again in week three, I know Anthony Lynn has said that Tyrod's the starter once he's healthy. At a certain point, you can't do that. If Justin Herbert plays well enough, he exceeds your expectations. I don't think you can go back to Tyrod Taylor, which is really unfortunate because this group of pass catchers, this offense is so much better than the one that he had a chance to start in in Buffalo a few years ago. Uh, I do look at the usage for the first couple of games and, and wonder if Mike Williams is more of a feast or famine kind of long shot play. I don't think he's anything close to a must start, even in leagues where you start three receivers. And I don't think that necessarily matters if it's Herbert versus Taylor, as far as whether or not I'm willing to take a chance on Williams. Maybe I'm a little more excited if it's Herbert because they might push the ball downfield a little more often, but I just think he's going to be a, a five to six target guy most weeks if everybody else around him stays healthy. Yeah, Chargers are six and a half point favorites at home this week 
against the 0-2 Carolina Panthers, and I think you're absolutely right. If Justin Herbert gets a couple more starts and he plays well, I don't see how you possibly take the starting gig away from him. You went after him with the sixth overall pick in the draft for a reason, and maybe you didn't think the Justin Herbert era was going to start in Week 2, but after what he did on short notice against the Chiefs, if he puts together a couple of more good starts, even just decent to good starts, I think we're going to see Justin Herbert remain in that starter's chair for the Los Angeles Chargers, and that will do it for this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. If you are not yet an Athletic subscriber, you can get in the door for just $1 a month. Go to theathletic.com slash football in 15 to do so. For Derek Van Riper, I am Michael Beller. Fantasy Football in 15 will be back with you tomorrow. Until then, thanks for listening, and enjoy the game tonight.